from episode 1088 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, August 18th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are I'm you? angry. Why is that? I am annoyed. Why is I'm, that? I'm indignant. <laughs> oh, I know what you're doing. <laughs> I forgot my own rule. <laughs> we need to talk. The first the podcast. The Detroit Tigers do not care about winning. Fire the entire team. I've been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray. We were going to do an entire episode of Stephen A. Seriously, though, why do they make him talk baseball? He doesn't know what he's talking about. I, man. Why do they make him talk any sport? Like he's I, not, I, I like, know, I know, I know. And we can make that joke, too. But uh, he at least follows basketball. Okay, I don't agree with his basketball takes all the time. In fact, rarely. But you can tell he at least follows the sport. He knows the players. He doesn't know a damn thing what he's talking about with baseball. Why? Stop. Honestly, it's more insulting to do, like, cursory baseball stuff very poorly than it is to just ignore us. I'd rather you just ignore us, ESPN. Well, they've got Mad Dog on the show now. Uh, Jesus, I need to know. I know. That. I, yep. I haven't, I haven't watched watch that show in forever, and I saw uh, the, the uh, clip. And Mad Dog I just was like, oh! The, yep, I just see the Twitter clips, and I'm like, wow, you that, really upped the game. That's a nightmare. Um, imagine spending as much money as they do on them, but not being able to, like, re-sign actual talent. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I just don't get it, man. Come on. But anyway, we're not going to uh, put that pain on y'all and do a Stephen A entire episode. Plus, it's six where Justin is. Uh, so that's pretty early for him to do full Stephen A. And it's only eight here. So and it's pretty dark because uh, you might notice usually a lot brighter. We're getting we're getting some rain, which we desperately need. So uh, it's pretty dark here for eight in the morning. But um, we got plenty to talk about. We got one batter, very beginning of the show, and then it's all pitchers. Okay, I just added it last second. We just got to talk a little about a little bit about Brett Beatty getting called up. Then we'll play a little bit of hold and fold, or hold or fold for deeper league, or excuse me, shallower leagues with some of these pitchers who are underperforming some big names. And then we'll talk about some potential pitching prospects. I did a solo episode yesterday with hitters. You and I are going to talk about some potential pitchers who could come up. Let me know what you think about some of these guys. But let's start with the Brett Beatty call-up. Now, one of the guys that I talked about yesterday on the hitting prospects, Mark Vientos, was leapfrogged by Beatty. Beatty was a very big surprise to get called up from double-A. Not because he's not awesome, but again, I really think because of who he leapfrogged, the age that he's at, and the fact that he jumped from double A. But, hey, about to be 23 years old, that's not too young to be up. Hit a homer in his first at-bat. What are you looking at with Brett Beatty this weekend as far as bids and, and the rest of his season here? Can he be an impact from here forward, or is he only play until Escobar gets back? Which, I don't know the timetable. I will look that up while you're talking. Um, and not only did he home run his first bet, it was the first pitch he saw. That's in amazing. Bat. I didn't even um, know that part. Yeah, he, he you know saw saw a fastball and just was like, "Yep, that's mine." I'm jumping. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you make an impact. I think he's going to be the number one pickup this week in Fab. Mm -hmm. uh, in you know, actually, a pretty decent Fab week. Uh, Pardon you know. me, real quick. Two things. Beatty was called up from AAA. I think he spent most of his year. He spent at, he's, he yeah, week six, six games. Right. At, I brought it up yesterday, and I still I forgot. Again, that's my second time mm -hmm. forgetting. And it's an oblique 
with Eduardo, which does not have a timetable, but we know those can last four to six weeks. Yeah, I mean, so oh, there you go. Uh, he's so, got time, and that's most of the regular um, season left for Beatty. Yeah, and all right, go ahead. I'm sorry. And Escobar's been bad. Like, yes, yes, he's like exactly. not not good at all. Um, one of my better fades of the year, mm-hmm. uh, right there. Uh, yeah, Beatty has a decent enough hit tool that I think he hit like 250 at the major league level. Um, and he has got legit 70 grade power. So we're talking about a guy who like, like if he got hot could hit 15, 20 home runs rest of the way in just like six weeks. Cause the power is legit. The question is how much contact will he make so far? He's had one strikeout in his first two games. Um, he's making good contact. He looks, uh, you know, natural and, uh, confident up there. Like I'd, like I said, I think he's the top pickup of the week. Uh, especially at a position like third base, which is extremely shallow. Uh, I had already drafted him in a lot of uh, DCs, so I'm I'm looking forward to uh, getting to throw him in my lineup today. We saw Beatty at Fall League. Um, mm-hmm. Really came away impressed. Like I said, he's local to me here in Austin, so I knew a few things about him from being re- when he was really young, making an impact on the amateur scene, and now here he is in the bigs. And uh, you know, I mentioned it yesterday, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on Beatty. I agree on being the best player of the week, and he could be an impact hitter. So go out and get him. Maybe you cut one of these guys for him. That's a segue, folks. Hold or fold with some poor second half pitchers. These are five names that. Um, I'm sorry, 15-teamers, you probably can't cut. you got to ride it out and figure out what's going on with them. But 12s and 10s, you might start looking at a cut for some of these guys. Let's start with somebody who had another bad outing yesterday that facilitated a 21-run barrage by the Houston Astros. Now, Lucas Giolito did not give up all of those, but his seven were still the most. And then Velasquez and Ruiz came in and gave up five apiece. And then Josh Harrison, you knew a pitcher, a hitter would pitch at some point in a blowout like that. He gave up four more. But look, Lucas Giolito, he's just not figuring it out. And he seems to turn a corner and then go right back to where he was. And it's the, the toughest part about all of this is the inconsistency has not been one thing. It's been the command of his pitches, but the, the pitch that's really bothering him seems to vacillate start to start. One start is the breaking stuff. Then it's the changeup. Then it's the fastball. You just, you can't make heads or tails of it. So, I mean, these, these issues started before the break, but just coming out of the break, he has a 739 ERA in 28 innings with 30 strikeouts. Send it back a bit further. Uh, you really start looking at, uh, you know, coming out of uh, or going into the last start of May, May 31st, he gave up six runs. His last 15 starts, 664 ERA with 81 strikeouts, 29 walks, 101 hits in 78 innings, uh, 78 and two thirds for Lucas Giolito. Are you cutting him in 10 and 12 teamers right now? No, because his remaining schedule is among the best in baseball. Okay. So um, his give, next, give us some notions, some ideas of what we can be looking at. His next two starts are at Baltimore and then at Arizona. And then uh, I think he's got the t- double checking uh, the ones after that. But I believe he's got the Tigers. The reason I know this is because I have uh, Giolito. So you've been mapping in, it out. Well, in a, uh, in a league where I was selling in, a, in, a, ah, in okay. my, that 30 team, 100 man league. Mm hmm. Uh, hundred roster, hundred roster man's uh, league, um, and I was trying to sell him because he's on an expiring contract, and no one would buy him from me in this league. 
um, for for anything close to what I wanted. Uh, and I kept pointing out, look at the remaining schedule. Look at the remaining schedule. Like there's not like outside. He, once he gets past his Houston start, he, he like, gets Minnesota, he gets Minnesota after the the two step, and then a trip to Oakland. Yeah. So I'm like the Minnesota one's a little tough for Giolito, but you like you like everything else there that's setting up. Like you said, a trip to Baltimore. They're a good team, but that park is awesome to pitch in yeah. right now, which is so crazy to say. Still, <laughs> I mean, the problem here is he when he is in the zone. Um, he is just unbelievably hittable. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's just not getting the swing of the miss inside of the zone. And so that's forced him to try to stay out of the zone. He's got the lowest zone rate of his career, which has brought up his walk rate, and people aren't necessarily taking shots at it. So, um, yeah, I mean, do I think it's going to get a ton better? Probably a little bit better because of the schedule, right? It just can't be this bad. It worse. <laughs> uh, but, I like, love do Lucas, I think, but it's tough. Do I think he's going to turn back into an ace this year? No. Um, uh, I, I think he is, you know, and so, like, is he droppable in a 10-team league? He is droppable. It depends on your roster, right? Like if And, and who you're picking up, really, too, because mm-hmm. with the schedule that you're talking about, you know, he could, Giolito could really be – at least solid down the stretch because that's another part of the whole frustration of this is that there's been bouts of high quality still. Like, yeah. I mean, even coming into the start yesterday, I don't want to say this is high quality. This is not one of the bouts of high quality, but it was good enough. The last four starts were a 409 ERA with 23 strikeouts in 22 innings. You talk about the hit ability, though. You really keyed in on that. That's been the really tough part. It's it's the hits, 134 in 116 and in the third innings. That's 10.4 hits per nine, Justin. That's that's crazy. That's yeah. massive. So, you know, Giolito, I trust him to kind of figure out what's going on. Um, I certainly am not going to be out next year, even if the rest of this year doesn't uh, go as planned, because I do believe that he can he can get himself right. I'll stick I'll stick a little bit because of the schedule, like you said, but if he doesn't do well with the two-step next week, I'm out in tens and twelves for G- Lucas Giolito. If if you look at his like by pitch uh, results on Savant, every single one of his pitches outside of the no even even the fastball, uh, he's giving up a batting average over two eighty. Like everything, he is just everything is getting hit. Um, you know, it's and it. I think a lot of it comes down to just in zone command, right? Mm-hmm. You know, fa- the fastballs he's leaving over the center of the plate as opposed to getting up. Um, you know, the breaking stuff isn't breaking out of the, Hang, out hanging of the breakers. Zone. Yeah, yep. just, um, he's just, you know, the control isn't great, but it isn't the problem. It's the in zone command that's a huge problem. This is why you see the, the home run rate up a huge amount. Um, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I think he's one of those guys that just needs an off season to retool. Um, yeah, and might, might just might not be able to fix it on the fly here. The hard uh, part is if you're like in a head to head league. Do you want to give your competition for the playoffs potentially a guy who you know has been an ace before? Or uh, are you sabotaging them? By letting you them potentially pick up could be. Um, I, I mean that I'm not in any positions, uh, you know, like in, in that in that 30 team league. Like I'm clearly not going to just drop him to the waiver wire. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, especially because I can give him a qualifying offer in the offseason. Um, That's cool that you guys have qualifying offers. It's, su- it's such a, I mean, it it is such a cool league. It really is. Uh, I know some of them listen. So, uh, shout out to you guys. Like, 
it, it is one of the most frustrating leagues I've ever been a part of, but at the same time, it is like the coolest rules. It's set up just like Major League Baseball, 26-man roster, 40-man roster, farm system. We have a Rule 5 draft. Like it just, See, That's the part I'm impressed with with you is like, not only do you play a lot of leagues, you play so many different ones. I, I, really I think everybody. To, I think if you're in the industry, you should try to do that. Like try of to course, play. The, I agree. You know, this is head-to-head categories. Like it's just. Um, I, I have a head-to-head league, head-to-head points league. Um, I have a head-to-head cats league. Um, and but then mostly just just wrote it. Now I have a few team team sizes. I know you you shaved out the the twelvers, which I don't blame you for. I, I kind of want to do that next year. So bad at fab with those. It's impossible. It's impossible. Read. I don't understand it. But uh, yeah, that league sounds awesome with Lucas Giolito. It's tough. It's really really tough. If there's somebody you really like on the wire and he's your only cut, I can get behind it. But Justin brings up the schedule. I think you take a look, see if you can hold it out one bit more next week. And if he doesn't come through next week, then I'm definitely moving on. What about Pablo Lopez? Um, obviously, he had his amazing start to the season. We knew he would regress off that. And I got to be honest, like when he first did and people started freaking out, I was like, well, I mean, that's the regression that we all talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the two starts at the end of June. I was like, that's of course. I mean, and that still only pushes the RA up to 298. And then we got another couple. Uh, at the end of July, and he was up to a 341, which is still fine. But August hasn't been very good. And then when you loop back to those other two starts, um, which include, which basically puts you right back at the beginning of the uh, return from the All-Star break, 720 ERA for Pablo Lopez there. The hits have been a problem for him, too. 38 in 30 innings during that time, 153 whip. Now, this is a much shorter period of trouble. In fact, his season ERA is only at 383. But I'm hearing a lot of chatter about cutting Pablo Lopez and 10 teamers. Are you there? Mm, I wonder if he's hurt. Like, I mean, this I'm is, nervous is, about that, but like, that, I don't know if I can cut him. I, I don't know that I can cut him either. Well, you definitely can't cut him right now because his next start's at Oakland. At Oakland, so, yeah. Yeah, but then he's got a home start versus the Dodgers. So, And that starts on a Monday, so it's a two-start week. Are you sitting him? He gets Dodgers like, at Atlanta that week. Yeah, like you've got to sit him there. Um, and here's the thing: like with so few weeks in the season, if you're gonna sit a guy for That's a two saying. start, That's what I'm saying. Yep. you should probably drop him in your tens um, and in some of your twelves. I have a, re- I mean, I love Pablo Lopez, so it's Same. like I have a really, really hard time. But we also have to remember, like he's had serious. Um, recurring shoulder issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, let's see how many innings he's got 134 innings, which is the most of his career. You almost wonder if we'll see him get thrown on the IL or shut down. Um, you know, a guy with his injury history, and, and this is kind of his biggest is, workload is of his career. Where the gas tank ends, you know, somewhere in the one, it may be like you said, this is a career high. He had 102 last year before everything fell apart with the shoulder and he was just done. And then 111 back in 2019. So this 134 is a career high for Pablo Lopez. He was having such a brilliant season. It'd be tough if it's just boom, he hits a wall and and he's no good the rest of the way. Uh, Again, I can't cut this week. I got to take that Oakland start in Oakland for Pablo Lopez. But after that, if it's not a good start, I think you have to cut. Like, oh, I mean, for sure. He, yeah, yeah. He goes to Oakland. He fails and, me there. And doesn't put up at least a quality start. You're like, you're done. If he fails me there, I'm considering cutting Pablo Lopez in a 15 at that point because yeah. of that dastardly uh, Dodgers at Atlanta 
possible two-step the following week. So I'm with you there with Pablo Lopez. But for now, hang on. Give him one more at Oakland. If he throws a gem, we can start to feel better about things and reassess. But I don't know about that two-step there. Uh, I mean, in his defense, a lot of, like, the badness comes from, like, three start. Yeah, that's the thing. He's just having a few them. And two of them are against, like, really good teams. San Diego and the Mets. So, like, Mm -hmm. um, so here's the thing, though. The June ones were also the same. Also, another one at the Mets and one at the Cards. So that gives more credence to running like hell from that Dodgers-Atlanta two-step, though, right? Even if if Pablo Lopez does well at Oakland. So would you cut or or let's say solid start at Oakland? I think he's a... Team streamer, team streamer for right now. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, team streamer for Pablo Lopez right now. Uh, see where he's at. Hopefully, the the shoulder is fine. Let's talk a little Joe Ryan. Seems seems anytime he has issues, it's de- directly related to the home run ball. Uh, that is kind of his only issue. Uh, basically, if he's just having control and not great command, and just kind of working in the zone with that fastball, it's not overpowering. So, if he's not putting it where he wants, that can be trouble. A five homer barrage at San Diego is doing a lot of work here. Cause again, I'm looking at these data points since the dead, uh, since the break <clears throat> and he had another start at the Dodgers. So you want to talk about Pablo Lopez's bad outings being against the tough teams at San Diego at the Dodgers are the reason that Joe Ryan has a six sixty six ERA, very devilish since the all-star break, but that's a, that's five starts. And the other three are legitimately good. Uh, five and two thirds, one run at the Tigers, five innings, one run versus the Tigers, and then five and a third, two runs against the Royals. So, you know, dominating the crap teams and then uh, getting blasted in the home, uh, on the road against two ridiculously difficult teams. Does that prompt any sort of move with Joe Ryan, or do you just say, hey, he got got by a couple good teams, I'm fine here? And also, should you have sat him for those in a 10-teamer anyway? Is he, is he a team streamer in 10-teamers, or do you think people ate those Joe Ryan starts because of how good he'd been? I think they probably ate those starts because of how good he's been, but I think um, I mean, this is a problem with a guy who gives up the kind of fly balls that he does. It's just you're going to get bit um, now and then. Uh, I'm not super worried about Ryan. You know, the velocity is actually up, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, I mean, he's shown – uh, the ability to uh, do a really good job of keeping men off base. Um, you know, you'd love to see him stop putting like 90% of the balls he puts in play into the air. Um, <laughs> and then, I mean, what, what is the number actually? It's uh, uh, 27% ground ball rate. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, 56% fly ball rate. So, I mean, you'd love to see him squelch that a little bit. It's but it's not his game, though. He works that fastball mm-hmm. and, and, you know, guys lift it. But a lot of times they lift it for outs. I'm not overly worried, and he pitches in a fantastic division uh, against uh, the Royals, who you are sporting uh, that sick ass hat from. Thank you. Um, yeah, and you know, I mean, and I just not a division I'm super worried about. I mean, he doesn't. Yeah. The only team I'm like actually concerned by in that division is his own, so he doesn't have to exactly. pitch against them. So. so I'm not worried about Joe Ryan. He gets San Francisco and Boston his next two both at home. He might be a little bit nervous about that Boston one on, on 831. Um, I would team stream it at the very least, though. I'm not putting Joe Ryan back in the pool there. That 10 runs in four and two-thirds at San Diego is doing so much heavy lifting here. 
Uh, he had a 289 ERA before that start. He almost raises ERA a full run in one start. Went from 289 to 378 for Joe Ryan, but he's fine. I still love him. What I really need, though, is him to keep an ERA under four because Alex Fast and I had a bet on that. And, you know, he was conceding uh, when, you know, on July 23rd, Joe Ryan had a 289 ERA, but now all of a sudden <laughs> it's 392 and I'm sweating. And hey, I did not take any victory laps, I did not dunk on him. He was like, oh, you win. I was like, eh, 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 I'm not taking it. I'm not telling no, him. Pitch, it pitching, the the pitching changes so fast. Yep. And, do and, not. For, and do for not. those of you, like, you know, kind of uh, worried about your ratios right now, like, there's still time to turn those around. Like, you know, we, we talked, but we've talked about a lot about my tout team on here, um, which had a five ERA and a two whip at the end of May. Um, and I currently, We've gotten seven points out of fifteen in uh, in WHIP, and I've got now three points in ERA. I've got them both at respectable rates, and and I'm continuing to climb. Like, um, and if I if I end up winning tout this year, it's because I worked hard to get that ERA and WHIP down. And it hasn't been by You've just been like throwing relievers relievers in there. I'm first in strikeouts in that league too. So like, damn, um, you know, it is it is quite possible to move ratios even late in the season. And it's yep. the only, and you, you love to mention the fact that it is the only stats where play where teams can come back to you, right? Like exactly. where you can go back to them. So uh, I think people think that the ratios can't move because you've already compiled so many innings. It is not true. It's just not true. And and who put me on that was Todd Zolo uh, stressing it years ago. And I've been taking that message mm -hmm. with it and, and putting it out there as well. Zolo's done some great work on, on to, on to show video. just how, how much, because you think about it too, like those standings are usually compact. And like you said, people can come back to you. So do not give up on those. It's hard to figure what kind of points you can get from them, but just don't give up on them. Yep. They're not as easy as kind of going through and saying, okay, I need six more Ks per week than this team to pass him. It's harder to do that sort of math, but just do not give up on them if you are in compacted batting average, OBP, WHIP, or uh, ERA standings. Mm -hmm. All right, next up uh, after Joe Ryan here is Nathan Eovaldi, 633 ERA, 159 WHIP since the break. Obviously with him, the VLO has, has plummeted. It's gone through the floor. And that obviously raises a massive red flag to me and scares the hell out of me with the Evaldi. I probably would have already cut him in a 10-teamer, if I'm being honest. So for me, the answer is yes right now, because I just don't think he's right. What say you about Nathan Evaldi and his cutability in a shallower format? Uh, for context, by the way, in his last seven starts, he has a 94.4 velo. He was at 96.8 in his first 11. That's a two mile an hour dip in season. And um, the that that sample started two starts before the All Star break. So, and he had come off of a an IL stint there too. So, I'm just nervous as hell about Nathan Eovaldi. What about you? Yeah, uh, at the end of May, he had a 97 mile an hour uh, average fastball in his last start. Um, 96.5 in his first start in June. And since then, he has not broken 95 in any uh, uh, average velo in any start the rest of the season. It's I mean, he's been dealing with this for a while, and the results yeah. show, right? He's yeah. just not the same pitcher when he does not have that velocity. The other pitches don't work as well off of it. Uh, he becomes much more hittable. Um, you have to wonder if something is wrong physically because of 
just a career of injuries exactly. uh, for Eovaldi. Um, it's a but, huge But not bummer. enough to take him out. Like, they're still letting him go out there. You know, you never really know. I mean, there's, I mean, you know, one, I can't remember who, what pitcher said the quote, but years ago, a pitcher, you know, talked about, might have been Smoltz. He goes, everybody's hurt. At this point in the year, everybody's hurt. Like, and you it's know, it's just, it's true. It's just a matter to what extent. Like, yeah. Um, and Can't uh, keep I playing. Yeah. I was, uh, oh, and Henry Wilson just said he was scratched, uh, or he was scratched from his last start with neck and shoulders ordinance. So, like, there you go. Like, oh, yeah. There, yeah. He hasn't pitched. Him. He may end up on the IL, um, as well. Um, you know, pitchers are gamers, man. Like, it is not a natural motion. Um, you know, it's so easy for things to break down. I I would have no problem dropping him in a ten or a twelve yeah. at this point. And honestly, I would think about it in a fifteen, depending on what's out there. The problem is exactly there's just nothing out that, there. Yeah, if you games. find somebody, if you find a gem who's like seventy five percent rostered, but happens to be available in your league, maybe that's where you go in a fifteen teamer. But that might be rare. Even if you look at the last four stars for Yavaldi, and you see a three seventy ERA, and you're like, hey, that's not too bad. Comes with a one thirty six WHIP and just seventeen strikeouts in twenty four and a third. He's not himself. There's a disaster waiting to happen. It feels like. And you can ill afford to take those 10 run bombs really anytime. But obviously at this point in the season, there would be so much less time to make up for it. So I'd be very careful. I would not be starting him. Um, if you want to keep Evaldi to see if he comes out of it, I guess if you got the spot, but I would not be starting him. And and because of that, I would be cutting Nathan Evaldi in 10s and 12s. Yep. Our, our last guy, a little bit of an oldie. He's been good this year overall, but Corey Kluber may be showing – a little bit of slowdown here. His season ERA is now at 433 uh, since the break. He's been particularly tough. He did have a great start at the Yankees um, just two days ago. But who but, hasn't? They, I mean, come on. That's easy these <laughs> days. But uh, in the five-star since the break, even with the gem in, in the Bronx, he's at 628 ERA um, and with a 136 whip. 29 strikeouts and 28 and a third is still good. So is this a blip for, for Kluber or something to be worried about? Um, I, I think it's kind of a blip. I mean, you have to take the name off it and realize who Corey Kluber is like nowadays, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's always been a guy with a bad fastball, but with like elite secondaries um, in pinpoint command and control, like he's just not that anymore. Right. He's like, He's a guy who's he's got good secondaries. Good and, second, not not and he's got good command and control. Like it's um and so like there's just gonna be the you know uh, in, in AA we have a saying like in early in early sobriety, like um your emotions are like a, a heart monitor, right? Up, down, up, down. Once they level out, you're dead. Um and that's kind of that's Corey Kluber, like right? He's like yeah. he's up, he's down, he's up, he's down, he's up. You know, you get you, you get to start kind of ride with, it, right? Yeah, I think you just have to ride it. It's a good park to pitch in. You, I mean, the, the division sucks, but like he's got a two-step against the Angels and the Red Sox. Like I'm not probably sitting him for that. He's I'm going for that, even with the Red Sox. He's had a couple like you know uh, starts with you know in in division or one you know one against the Yankees, like you mentioned, eight strikeouts, and he had a ten strikeout performance against Cleveland. Um, you know, it's a lot of like, you know, that Baltimore start like holding the water, like it was seven earned runs um, that he gave up. Uh, I think he'll be fine. He'll just be the guy that he's been all year, which is like a mid fours. 
you know, and, maybe and a little four ZRA guy. That Baltimore start got away at the end. Four yeah. of the runs came in the sixth inning. And what does that mean? Like, well, why, why do we bring that up? It's because well, he wasn't really dominated throughout. He was dominating, and then things fell apart. So he that's pretty much been the MO this year for, for the most part. When Kluber struggled, it's been a one bad inning syndrome. So I think we can get through that. I'm not and the hard. Him. The hard part is the Rays are monitoring everybody else's innings. And so they're going to let him wear shit like that. Like, you know, they, they're just going to be like, hey, listen, we don't care if your arm falls off because we care. Deal, baby. Yeah, we can only care about these young guys. So like in the sixth inning, when you're struggling, we're just going to be like, it's you. We don't want to waste the bullpen. No. We don't want to we want to be able to use them tomorrow. So um don't you know like they're Uber died out there guys mm-hmm. don't do it don't do it be nice so i mean guy. i would i mean i would definitely be careful about like you know not starting him in like you know single week starts against really really good teams he gets the but, yankees after the two steps so you can sit that out but team stream yeah. him. i would not cut kluber after that mm-hmm. yeah no uh, i so think yeah. he's i think I, I would rather have kluber rest of the way than he evolved without a doubt yeah uh all right potential pitching prospects mentioned yesterday did a hitting prospect one hopefully hopefully people enjoyed that some guys who could come up and make an impact this is what we're looking at here with pitchers now it's impossible to know when someone's going to come up usually an injury facilitates it you don't see a path for somebody and then boom two injuries happen and then the guy's up the next day so we're not going to be trying to guess all that and obviously we think that the upside here would be substantial possibly if they come up and hit the ground running so let's talk about some of these um, and again, we don't have to get into every time like, oh, this would need an injury. This would need, we don't know how they're going to get up. Uh, it might just be roster expansion, but we're just talking about the guys who, if they get called up, could be good. And I, I give all that preamble because this first guy I'm going to talk about is awesome, but he's r- running into a six man rotation right now. So he'd be the seventh, but again, things change quickly. So Hunter Brown for the Houston Astros could all of a sudden be up. And then we're like, dang, that, that happened quickly. Um, and he's been awesome this year. Hunter Brown in Houston's AAA is putting up a colossal season right now, 97 and two-thirds innings with a 32% strikeout rate. It does have an 11% walk rate uh, with it, and that's a little bit high for sure, but a 249 ERA, 111 whip, 0.4 homer nine. I love that because he's a heavy ground ball guy, 53% for Hunter Brown for the Houston Astros. He was 86th on the uh, top 100 coming into the season. Strong arsenal. Command is the issue. A little bit of control issues as well. He's awesome. If he was called up, would you be, would you be interested in Hunter Brown in Houston? I think I would. I just don't know that unless there is, no, no, no. You um, don't have to give the discount. No, don't worry about putting more. No, no, at. no. I do because he's not on the forty-man roster. So that no, would be, I know, I know. But I'm, I'm saying that's what everybody. But some of these guys are are on the forty-man roster. Well, what I'm saying is how they. Get I there, understand. We what don't care saying. about. Uh, but the thing is, he's We're not just gonna, highlighting. He's, I, I don't think. He, I don't think he's going to get there. Even though he's pitching well, he's like. Do you think 24. they're going to call Forrest Whitley? I do. They want to make a fool move now i guess it could just i mean be a he, to uh, <laughs> yeah like that and that i'm not dogging you for bringing up the 40 stuff because i love looking at that that's I, that can be a fantasy edge for sure but yeah why can't they just dfa him they also have sean dubin peter solomon jonathan bermudez and parker mashinsky on the 40 and you don't even know if all those players are real you're checking right now to see did paul just make up some players those are all real players they can dfa one of those dudes for hunter brown if they deem him 
the guy to call up should something well, happen. I mean, you know, like his um, his weakness coming up was command. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like he has solved that issue um, because he has dropped his home run rate to point three seven on the I year, love that. Uh, which is fantastic. Um, you know, he's got two plus pitches. Yeah, if he comes up, then I think he's an instant pickup. You're playing uh, with a pretty darn good defense behind you for one of the best teams in the uh, major leagues um, and an offense that is just amazing and will give you plenty of win potential. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, you, I, I think they would try to keep a six-man if there was an injury, like, or, you know. Um, and so, you know, yeah, somebody goes out, you think they would replace them with a starter instead of just dropping to a five. Yeah. Because I think they want to protect these. I mean, they've got like an 11 game lead in the division. Exactly. Like, they can, afford you know, to chill. yeah, they can, they don't. And I think they want to protect these guys for the playoffs. So, um, you know, the only question is, and I have to let me take a look at standings real quick. Like how close are? Oh, they passed. The Yankees. Okay. Yeah, so, they're because they're uh, the Yankees have been so bad. Been so bad. So I mean, you want the number one seed this year because that's the only team that doesn't have to play a first round matchup, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, maybe you know, maybe if uh, two teams, guy, right? one and two don't have to play. I thought it was just because there's I could be there's wrong. three wild cards. Yes, you're right. So yeah, the, yeah, the three wild cards would go with mm-hmm. the other division winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is looking to be the central, but yeah, Houston obviously wants that one seed. Well, and then that means they've got like a a fourteen or thirteen game They're lead nice on that. on that three spot. So yeah, yeah, I think they would keep a six man rotation. I don't think you want to overwork Verlander, overwork Luis Garcia, you know, because we saw what happened to Garcia in the playoffs last exactly. year when he was and overworked. Javier so yeah. just for, you know is back in the rotation this year. So I agree, and that's Hunter Brown, um, the forty man move. Would need to come if if they want to call him up, but he's having a wonderful season in AAA. I could see him being the next man up. Let's run to the complete other side of the win spectrum. This guy might not get a single win, even if he comes up and dominates. Uh, and that's Ken Waldachuk. We've already seen J.P. Sears up for Oakland. He's also from the Montas deal. But uh, Ken Waldachuk could be the next one up. He's been having a, a wonderful season in his own right. So I honestly think that he should get a shot. Um when it comes to roster expansion for the, uh, for the season he has, well, actually I've, I've got the, the breakdown. Oh, he went double A too. I didn't even realize that he went uh, from double A into triple A. He killed double A at 24, which takes a little steam out of it. Cause, cause all the Chuck was 24. So I'll focus on his triple A numbers, 34% K 11% walk with the Yankees, 359 ERA, 128 whip. And then so far with the A's and just 13 and two thirds, the strikeout rate's down to 21%, but still a 12% swinging strike. So I'm not terrified by, by that. And a 4% walk rate, which is a massive drop off the 11% mark, but it's 13 innings. So I don't want to make too much of it. He's been good in AAA. Will Ken Waldachuk, do you think he gets the call? And if so, would you be interested, even though he's on Oakland? Um. So this is interesting Um. because... He, you know, went from the Yankees where he was, you know, Triple A system where he was walking everybody, um, to the the A's where it seems like maybe they're trying to get him to be more aggressive in the zone, which means he's giving up more home runs. Um, now he is pitching in Las Vegas, so like 
uh, and that is a launching pad. So I don't want to like overrate like, oh, the home run rate, rate went up a huge amount. And when you get to pitch in Oakland, it's such a great park uh, that that shouldn't be as much of an issue. The question to me is, do we trust Oakland to actually bring him up? Like that's, you know, o- Oakland like has no reason to start anybody's clock, even though I don't think he's the type of guy you worry too much about the clock stuff with. Um, that's the thing. And I, I think that they would be interested in seeing like what they got here. And that, you know, goes back to our discussion from earlier in the year about this team, which I'm going to end up losing. But uh, you were worried about a bottom out. And I was like, well, when they're bad, they don't usually go like 100 loss, bottom out, bottom of the barrel because they usually call up their next wave. Um, by the way, I didn't realize Elvis Andrews was released. Uh, yeah, saying, signed, not, not, signed with the White Sox yesterday. Not saying he shouldn't have been. I just uh, I missed that. Pardon me. On I mean, part. like I I think for most teams he might have should have been, but he wasn't that bad, especially considering the rest of that team. He, he had a ninety-seven WRC plus credit credit there of one one point six four. That's got to like, be like top five on Oakland though. Like, probably, I mean, but you call up Nick Allen. You 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 call up guess, Nick Allen. Yeah. Nah, it, it, it's if you were uh, gonna do that, like why not trade him at the deadline? Like it's seventh in war, by the way. Um, I don't know. That's fair. Who who wants him though? Who would have wanted him? So they're uh, like you'll cut him for free. Guys so, who can play up the middle like that, they're always no. Nah, they're like you'll cut him for free. Fun. They they know teams will be like, yeah. nah, you you guys are gonna cut him. But uh, yeah, so Ken Waldachuk, it is fair to wonder if they are gonna call up another piece because JP Sears has already had already been up, so maybe they felt that that was pretty easy to do. We'll see what happens with Waldachuk if they decide to call him up. Uh, but he is by a lot of by a lot of people, he is the better piece uh, than JP Sears in that deal. I'm a big JP Sears head, so. I lean towards Sears, but Waldachuk is right there. Let's talk about a guy who we've seen before, and it did not go well initially. But a lot of KC prospects, believe it or not, uh, should not have been judged off like the 50 innings of bad work that they had. Uh, We're seeing some turnarounds from Brady Singer, Daniel Lynch, and Chris Bubich lately. Can Jackson Coar do the same thing? He had a nice season. Uh, He's had a nice season in the minors this year. Uh, He's been up a little bit again this year in the majors, and it's been awful yet again. But uh, you look and listen, I'm not going to get hung up on a um, PCL ERA. It's 579. But I look at the skills, and I see he's getting strikeouts back 75 in 65 and two-thirds. And sometimes you see these guys struggle at AAA. Um, They're working on different things. The teams are still confident in bringing them back up. It's been such outsized awfulness in the 46 innings from the majors. I don't want to make too much of it, but it's been really bad for Coar. Can he recover from this? And do you think he gets a call uh, down the stretch for KC? I am baffled. I am befuddled. Dare I say I am bewildered (laughs) by the fact you would bring up Jackson Coward on this podcast. I mean, you originally wrote Jackson Coward. I did. And by I accident. think that is a better use of his name because he is a coward in the zone. He gives up too much contact and it is hard contact. Uh, yeah, uh, that, that's the best I could do. That was um, pretty good. That was pretty good. Uh, shout out to Draft Sheet for, for egging us on uh, for this. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like no, I, I don't, I don't want him. Yes, he his strikeouts have come back, but everything else is still the same, which is bad. He is a one five three whip uh, in in AAA this year. He's given up. Uh, let's see, his 
home run per nine uh, in the majors is 0.23. Uh, in the minors is 1.52. Uh, like, is that no, not good? no, like, like this is this is the exact opposite of guy you want. You want other people to pick them up. Okay. So uh, you want to bait people into picking up Jackson. Yeah, Kowar. yeah. Ha- have people listen to Paul's intro on Jackson Kowar and then turn it off and be like, "Oh man, I wonder how much fat he's gonna go for." This Look, if you, if, if you wonder why I even put him on the list, I was going through sorted by strikeout minus walk rate. He's 16th in AAA and strikeout minus walk rate. So I was trying to you know heed the skills with Kowar and not get too hung up on the results, but they are bad, and he is a home run machine. And, yeah. and that has taken place in the majors, too, with 11 homers allowed in 46 innings. It's like, is there any hope for Kowar as a starter? Um, I mean, I don't – a guy that's young and talented, because I mean, he is talented. Like, there is, he is a talented. lot – like, the stuff is good. But, you know, he's, he's getting um, I don't want to say that there isn't, but I think he profiles better as a – you know, power reliever, um, where he could potentially be, you know, a guy who's a seventh, eighth inning, or maybe even a closer on a bad team like the Royals. Um, so yeah, I he's not going to be on my team. There's there's just absolutely no way. I wouldn't pick him up either. Again, I I included him, and I knew the people would be like, "What the hell is his stats suck?" Again, he is 16th in AAA among qualified or no fit minimum 50 innings. Um, starters, which impresses me a little bit at least, but uh, everything else around it is so tough that I understand why people wouldn't necessarily be super giddy on uh, on rostering uh, Jackson Kowar upon recall, should he be recalled. Um, all right, let's continue on and talk about Cade Cavalli. Cade Cavalli is, is 17th. He's right behind Jackson Kowar in that strikeout minus walk rate, basically tied with him 15.9 to 15.8. We call that 16% for both. He's with Washington. So, again, it'd be the Oakland situation of win probability on zero. But uh, does Cade Cavalli have enough upside that if he were called up, you'd be intrigued? 382 ERA, 118 whip. Does not have the same results as Kowar, but does have similar core skills there with the 25% K rate and 10% walk rate. What do you think? Um, he's got a fantastic fastball, two above average uh secondary pitches, uh amazing command. Uh I th- you know, I think he's the Nationals top prospect though. I mean, after the trade, maybe Hassel jumps in on list, but um I would not be surprised if he's still the top prospect, even with Hassel and Doe. Uh I, I think he uh the the only question on Cavalli is we have Abrams above him, by the way. Oh, okay, I yeah, that makes sense. But Abrams is in the major, so yeah, he'll graduate um, maybe this year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah hundred fifty-five so. point bears. He's going to graduate. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, but I think uh, I think Cavalli is an absolute stud if he can stay healthy. The question he's had a lot of arm issues, obviously coming up through the minors, um, and so you you wonder how long uh, the arm will hold up. But I think from just straight talent perspective, and I do think he will be up this year. Um, unlike some of these other guys, like the Nationals have started to promote some of these minor leaguers to kind of give you know fans of reason to come back to the park now that Soto and Bell are gone. Mm-hmm. So I do think he's going to be up. They may just wait till September, the beginning of September, but I think he's one of the September call-ups. Uh, so and 
I think he could be a major impact down the stretch for for playoff teams because, I mean, he's got legit skills. And Kate Cavalli might not get as much hype because of Washington. So if you're not mm-hmm. in a wins battle, but you're looking for strikeouts specifically and then maybe some ratio help could be there too. Don't know how he's going to transition to the majors, but that's what, you're, that's what you're looking for with Cavalli, especially if you need strikeouts. He could come up be an instant strikeout guy. Eager to see what he can do, and I do think Washington gives him the call. He uh, had a three-level season last year, high high A, double A, triple A. This year, back at triple A for ninety-two innings. I, I, again, I, I think he gets the call. Twenty twenty yeah, draft. He, he's got a point two nine homer per nine. Like the that'll play. You know, and you know, a guy who's a strikeout over strikeout an inning right now. So yeah, the the combination of those two things on it. The team that needs the pitching. I mean, that. Oh my God! Yes, ferocious. Anibal Sanchez um, is pitching, and I love Anibal. He threw awesome five innings last night. I know, I know, and he, he was he's done some amazing things for them. Like I'm a big time Anibal Sanchez guy, but he's the 38. You should not be giving starts to 38 year olds when you are a terrible, terrible team. Yeah, uh, that that's kind of my thing. That that that's all. So we'll see. Cavalli should be up. Um, at least that's at September expansion, if not within these next 10 days in the month. Brandon Fat is our next guy, and that is how you pronounce it. It's P-F-A-A-D-T, P-F-A-A-D-T, Brandon Fat, And um, he spent most of his time at Double A this year, but he's recently been called up to Triple A, where he continues to find success. You're talking about a 28% strikeout minus walk in the 105 innings at double a with a 16 percent swinging strike rate goes up to triple a only 19 innings so far ups the swinging strike rate to 18 percent but the strikeout minus walk is is down to 23 so he lost five points off that but the results have been great in triple a outside of the homers in fact homers have been the one thing that's kind of gotten fat this year one six at double a one nine at triple a that is pcl but still, um, I don't know how the double A plays for Arizona and if that's a high offense environment as well. But uh, he had a 3-2 homer per nine there in 33 innings last year in double A for Brandon Fat. So, again, I don't. I'll, I can try to look that up when you're talking on Arizona's double A park factors. But uh, he's had a home run issue. Everything else looks pretty good with Brandon Fat, though. Is he somebody who would intrigue you if Arizona gave him a call? So you're telling me there's a guy – who plays on one of the worst teams in baseball. And he plays in a really, really tough division with the Giants, Dodgers, Padres. The Giants? Cool, You're including the cool. Giants in that? I'm, I'm including the Giants. I don't think so. I have been bamboozled. <laughs> I do not think um, so. I, I refuse to allow that. He has no overpowering pitch. Uh, and How a many overpowering pitches problem. you got, fella? Uh, five. <laughs> Clearly, oh, you got five. Oh, five. Yeah. Like Welsh's cutter. Yeah. Are, are you yeah. like are you like the Welsh with his freaking no, cutter I, that he that he scores I, that he has? I have nothing. I I I doubt I can even throw fifty miles an hour. Like that's you know. Um, I have no art. Uh, yeah, no, I I don't want that. In, in spite of the awesome name. Okay, no, that's that's. Fine. I'd rather I'd rather have a I'd rather have his jersey. Than uh, have him on my fantasy team right now. So, um, okay, I did get some clarity on Amarilla, uh, which is where he pitched a double A. They have a one sixty nine home run park factor, so I'm gonna give him some some okay. push. Uh, you know, take a little bit of spice off of that home run right there, as far as putting that on him. Um, I mean, I'm gonna put some of it on him because, like, right now, I said, I said, I'll take some off. Oh, you know. Only 19 innings, so we don't want to like overrate the sample. But we're talking about a guy with a 50% fly ball percentage. 
it's like well, and that's the thing too so if he is in homer friendly spots it, it it could be bad and he's in the pcl right now and only three of those parks are under 100 home run yeah factor. yeah no, City, Sugar this Land, is why Oklahoma. this is why teams sometimes skip triple exactly like, you know, exactly um but he also does not do himself any favors by not putting you know not uh putting the ball on the ground by not uh by letting guys just you know try and tee off on it um I yeah I just I don't think the upside is there especially on Arizona to warrant this kind of move. Where's Diamondbacks Park Factor this year? I'm trying to find that. They're one of the better pitcher parks in baseball, is, is as far as I remember. For home runs specifically, 82 home run Park Factor um, is the fourth lowest. So yeah. maybe that you know getting there fat can can cut those homers a bit but of course learning on the major league level is also very difficult so he's not somebody i'd run to but let's say it's it, if he does get called up it's 15 team we talked earlier about how anybody is viable in flyers yeah, yes is viable. that is where i would be like okay maybe i can get him like if like if at september expansion a, a bunch of the guys that we've talked about get called up i think brandon fat would be pretty low on the on the interest list so i might sneak him especially because i'm poor as shit in our league I got 36 bucks. So a $2 brand in fat might be what I have to go for. So I would be interested in something like that, where it's a little bit more of like, a, Hey, I'm just taking a long shot, but I hear you on the concerns with the home runs. It, it, some of it is, is the park factors he's been in, but some of it is his fly ball lean too. So I totally understand that. Mm -hmm. uh, let's move on to another one here. Back, back to the high end teams. Uh, like we were with Hunter Brown in Houston, Bobby Miller for the Dodgers. Now my MLB, the show heads are going to, cringe when i say that name because they gave a they do these future stars cards where they basically took uh, a fully formed version of the prospect or how he could be and give us a card based off of that and the future star bobby miller is just owning everybody in mlb the show so i i just gave uh you know ptsd to people uh, by mentioning that name who play mlb the show but the fantasy folks should be interested he's in double a this year 91 innings 31 percent k rate eight percent walk 445 ERA. I'm not as worried about ERA when the skills are there and a 120 whip. Get finding room in in LA isn't as easy, especially with Dustin May working his way back. But Ryan Pepio hasn't exactly figured out where the ball's going yet. Bobby Miller's 23. That's plenty, uh, you know, plenty old enough to get called up. He can skip Triple A and come right from Double A. That wouldn't surprise me either. Is Bobby Miller somebody? I mean, he's a Dodger. Of course, we'd all go for him if he got called up. But are you thinking? Let's put it this way. What are the chances Bobby Miller gets called up by the Dodgers? He just got moved to Triple A, so I don't go. think he's made a okay. start yet there. But um, yeah, I, I have no to... data for that, so that he will be making a debut soon there. Um, Bobby Miller, is, you know, I don't think he gets called up this year because he's really the Dodgers and he's not on the forty man. But if he did, Bobby Miller is a dude. Mm -hmm. um, you know, two plus pitches, uh, good enough. I think command. Uh, good control. Like I think he is a legit uh, um, fantasy, like future number two or three starter he's for a, the Dodgers. He's um, a draft champions pick this winter coming up. I think ab absolutely, absolutely. And he, uh, depending on how he performs in AAA, he may be a top three hundred pick in redraft leagues. Uh, mm -hmm. So um, yeah, no, Bobby Miller is a legit dude. I think again, another another guy who's had some injury things uh, go on with him. 
uh, I think in college, um, and then uh, and a little bit in 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 uh, the minors. If I'm he only threw 15 innings last year. So yeah, so, innings, so you're right. The on que- you know, the question is like, does his arm hold up over the long term? But over the short term, rest of the season, if he does make, get a call or next year, I think he is um, a really really enticing player. And yeah, I, he would vault towards the top of the list in terms of guys I would want if they made if they got the call. Yeah. Huge fan of Bobby Miller. I echo everything you said. From a, from a talent standpoint, I think Cavalli is the only one that is above him. And I, I think even that's a, a debate. And I think, yeah, I think you can make the debate. But I'm, I think Cavalli is just a more polished. Miller, Cavalli, and then Brown for me. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Next up, my Tigers, they can call up Reese Olsen from AA. There's no reason they couldn't do that. Uh, he's having a wonderful season. He was the return for Daniel Norris from the Brewers. And, uh, you know, he threw 24 innings in double-A last year. He had a three-level season, high A. Or, excuse me, it was two-level. It was high A with Milwaukee and Detroit, and then just double-A with Detroit. Uh, didn't really do much in the double-A sample last year, 24 innings. This year, in the repeat, at uh, 98 innings, 33% K rate, 7% walk, 128 whip, 422 ERA. A little bit too hittable at 8.6, although I don't know what the defense is like. It's a 352 Babbitt. Maybe the defense is failing him there in Erie, but he's gotten 98 innings. He's 22 years old. Honestly, I'm surprised that the Tigers haven't even pushed him up to AAA, let alone maybe giving them the call because every starter they have has been injured this year. Quite literally, by the way. Their their entire opening day rotation is now on the IL, most with long-term injuries. Eduardo Rodriguez is at least working his way back. But it's Reese Olsen. Again, he put him in that Ken Waldachuk and Cade Cavalli win potential being a Tiger. But would, he, would Reese Olsen interest you if the Tigers found a way to get him called up? Um. Yeah, I think he would interest me um, a little bit, uh, but it's a bad team. It's a good park, good division, and I think that's what kind of draws me in a little bit. Uh, you know, I mean, there's there's plenty of opportunities where you could you know team stream a guy like that in a deeper format. Problem is, I don't think he's coming up at all. Like, I don't. I just don't think there's any reason for them to put him on the forty man. Uh, this year, um, you know, they're getting Eduardo Rodriguez back here uh, shortly. Um, I just, I just don't see it happening. So, like, if, if you, if he's going to be on the forty next year, though, what, what's, what's the problem? You know, like Elvin no. Rodriguez. Sorry, Elvin. I'm sorry, but, but you know, he listens. I know oh. he does, and that's, and that's rude because he's been a listener for years. Yeah. So that is kind of dick. Sorry, Elv, but uh, yeah. you know, do you really need to be on the forty? Brendan Davis, who's that? That's not a player. You don't know who that is. He's the brother of Brendan Davis. Well, I don't. Care. I, I don't know if that's. No, true. I know. I know you don't. <laughs> I just uh, want to make sure the listeners didn't like. No, he's not. No. Uh, I, technically, that's not true. But does he need to be on the forty? I don't know. So I, I'm. I'm with you. I'm not sure that. Reason. I think like um, a Joey Wentz would probably get called up before him. Yeah, he's he's in AAA and he's been up already. He got he got a spot. A couple spot starts. Um, a while ago, and he's at AAA, so it's probably Wentz ahead of Olsen. But I wanted to bring up Olsen because he's been pitching well. He's another guy who I could see in late round DCs next year because I do think he makes he gets his major league debut next year if if for some reason the Tigers don't call him up this year. Not not if for some reason because we don't believe that the Tigers. Will if he pitched for a different up. team, or you know, I, I would be or, you know in the majors, like I'd be a little bit more worried because I don't think the command is very good. Um, and That's fair. so. 
uh, like, but the Tigers Park, as we've seen, is a is a great place to pit. It will really protect bad some, place to hit. So some issues, yeah. uh, and, and, and a great division. So yeah, I mean, I don't think he's like a, a future star or anything. I don't I don't know that I'm going to be um, taking many shots on him in DCs. I just I think I, I want a little bit more upside. I think Reese Olsen could actually be a um, uh, really big candidate for the for the bullpen. Yeah, probably. Um, you know, as soon as like next year, they might just say, okay, hey, you were starting, you did some things well, but it wasn't quite enough. So to the bullpen you go type of deal. Uh, it would not surprise me. That's Reese Olsen with the Tigers. And the last one is a guy we have seen up. I'm not entirely sure why Chase Silseth for the Angels is not still up. I'm sorry, Tukey Toussaint. Uh, like I like Tukey. We've talked a lot of positivity about Tukey over the years on this podcast. But, um, you know, I'm not sure that he or Tucker Davidson should have necessarily gotten spots over Chase Silseth. I like Chase Silseth a lot. Now, he's been up, and uh, he came from double-A, and then he goes back to double-A when, when he's not pitching. That that part's interesting to me. Uh, that they don't, Avoiding the PCL. Yeah, they are completely avoiding that PCL. Like They don't want to pitch. Earlier. I think it's Salt Lake City is where they're yeah, there. Yeah, I, I don't agree think they with that. Pitch them there. I agree with that. So in 53 innings at double A this year, he has a 32% K rate, 10% walk with a 17% swinging strike rate. That's really good. 221 ERA, 109 whip. In the majors, it did not go quite as well. 659 ERA, 157 whip, 9% strikeout minus walk rate. He did have an 11% swinging strike though. So that 19% K rate, as he kind of finds his footing and learns the league, I think the strikeouts will go up. I really like Chase Silseth long-term. I will be drafting him in DC's big time next year. Should Chase Silseth be back up this year, though, and get an opportunity with the Angels? What do you think? Yeah, I think of the list, he might be the most likely guy to get back up here at some point. Mm -hmm. um, he's already got major league experience. Um, the Angels aren't competing for anything. Uh, so... They're competing for that first overall pick. No, just yeah, yeah. And Are they actually? I No, no I don't think right. Yeah, no. No, no. They've got like an eight-game lead on the, on the athletics, and the athletics aren't even the best or the worst team in the major leagues, thanks Washington. So yeah, now there's but they they are in position for you know, like a top five pick. Um so they don't want to win games right they don't now. Compromise you know? that at this um, point. You've already had the crap season. Don't don't rally yeah. in September. Don't, yeah, you know, I that's so frustrating. I understand teams are gonna go out and try to win. I'm not saying to roll over, but you don't have to make a bunch of personnel moves to try to win. Yeah. Um that being said, like I I think he's just a guy. Like I, I don't think that Silseth is like he. I think he is like. I think he's going to be a fine major league pitcher. Like, like I think he could be like Kyle Gibson esque, right? Like a guy who gives you a bunch of innings. You know, some starts are, are great, some are or awful. You know, but the the average of it is like, okay, hey, I'm league average. Right, like, um, and I'm gonna soak up some innings for you. Um, I don't think he's ever a star. That's rude, because I like him, and I want uh, you to stay positive. What, what, no, what I, about him? Do you like? Like, he doesn't have any swing like, and overpowering miss. pitch. Um, he doesn't have particularly good command. I mean that that that's our scouting report. But. Why does he keep missing so many bats? I, I, I'm wondering if maybe we got the something wrong here in the scouting report in terms of the swing and miss stuff. The command, I hear you. But, like, I see the 45s across the board, and yet 
we've seen quality swing and miss rates all the way. I'm 17% at, at double A. Um, it was 13%. Uh, never mind, he had three innings at double A last year, but it was <laughs> uh, 11% in the majors, like I said, which is fine. 22 year old coming up, getting some swings and misses. So I don't know. I think he's got some swing and miss stuff. Um, I guess where I would really understand maybe some trepidation is if in your uh, concern that LA cannot properly cultivate him too. I think that would be a, a I mean, clearly they're going to give him something and get him injured. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. So Listen, I, I, I know it, you've been remarkably healthy in the minor leagues, but if you could start he, throwing like this, so he, that way it puts a little bit arm. more work on the shoulder. Exactly. That yeah. would be great. Yeah. This is your new pitch. You throw it like let, that. Let me like, show you the, uh, the release of Jarrell Cotton. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that, uh, you know, there there are some concerns there. But overall, I, I think he's got enough talent to be a starter, chase Silseth for the Angels, and uh, and be pretty good. I'm not I'm not I think dissuaded he's, by 29 I think he's kind innings. of a low-ceiling, high-floor guy. Like, I think he's going to have, you know, a decent you know, know, MLB, like, you know. He throws 96. Uh, he has three pitches. I think you're selling him a bit short, but we'll, it, it remains yeah, to yeah. be seen. Chase still says, I think there's some upside there. I do worry about LA's ability to extract all of that, but I think there's a bit more there than Justin sees. But hey, that's why that's why we play this game. We all sell the same way. It wouldn't be any fun if we knew how everything was going to play out at the beginning of the season. We wouldn't play. But there's so many things that change and differences of opinion. That's what makes it such a fun game. So Hunter Brown for Houston, Ken Waldachuk for Oakland, Jackson Coar for KC. Neither of us like him. Kate Cavalli for Washington, Brandon Fat for Arizona, P-F-A-A-D-T is how you spell fat. Bobby Miller for the Dodgers, Reese Olsen for the Tigers, and Chase Sealset for the Angels. Those are just some pitching prospects who can get called up. If there's somebody that you've had your eye on that you're waiting for that call up, hit us in the comments or jump on Twitter, Justin Mason, FWFB, at Spore, and let us know. Justin, what do you got planned for the weekend? I am exasperated. I am fatigued. I am overworked, and I am going to chill out. I like it. I like it, Stephen A. I think I think you deserve that time. You've been we do have just... a we do have an episode with uh, Ray Murphy this weekend, Jason and I. So uh, definitely uh, listen out for that. Yes, check that out. And uh, again, if you can make it first weekend in November, Arizona Fall League, it's awesome. By the way. Are you leaving on Sunday? Have you made your plans yet? I'm leaving on Monday. Yeah, we have to because the game is on set Sunday night, the Fall Stars. Yeah. The whole Jason's not going to be Saturday. there for Fall Stars. That sucks. I think a lot of people might. Uh, they need to check, and we need to hammer home, and you guys make sure you bring this up on Sunday. The game is on Sunday. Yeah. All Stars game. If you want to be at the Fall Stars, which is really the best game, there's a home run derby on Saturday. That's new. The game is usually on Saturday, but it's on Sunday this time. So you should try to stay till Monday if you can. Now, if you want to come yeah. in on Friday and go, you, I mean, it got to be really early Friday. The con conference starts at eight in the morning. But you guys will talk about that on Sunday. Uh, I, I recommend you get there Wednesday or Thursday. Thursday, if you can. If you can go Thursday and, and leave Monday morning, that's the ideal for this trip. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to come in. Wednesday afternoon-ish and take off probably early morning on Monday. Uh, one, because the flights are cheaper that way. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, leaving. But two, I out. do not want to miss the Fall Stars. No, I can't miss the Fall Stars, and we're going to go first flight out on, on Monday then. Uh, but anyway, have a good conversation with Ray. Have a good weekend, and I'll talk to you later. Take it easy.